All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All business, all winter. Real life, let's do this, everybody. Time for another episode of uh, your show and our show. Uh, I'm Jason Stratton, the hostess with the mostess. Uh, you can hear me every night on dinner television from 5 to 7. That's channel 7 for those of you with cable. Beside me is uh, Jason Greger. You can hear him every night. Uh, can, they, can they only hear you or can they actually see you as well? Well, they can see me. Oh, I mean, okay. they can do it. I mean, yeah. the, the scene is what probably really brings in the viewers. That's right. It for the being, ladies in for sure. I thought they just muted the station. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Greger, that's who he is, host of... Uh, Gregor Show, TSN 1260, 2 till 6. And then directly across from him is the man, unknown, known in many ways, but unknown, Wanye Gretz. Known to the law. Mo- <laughs> yeah, known to the law. All, all undefeated in court, thank you. First off, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, Struts. We have something for you oh, yes. from, from our title sponsor okay, at Finney. Perfect. Yeah, they uh, they dropped it off for so I'd like you to open this on air. I want to oh. see what it is. I have no idea what it is. Oh, it's right nice. It's yeah, it's even up. it's even wrapped in finning. They have like very their own. Nice. That's when you know you're a big company is when you have your own wrapping paper. That's very nice, very thoughtful. I oh, what is this? <laughs> it's a calendar. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, quality. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Mm. I will put this up in uh, the new office, and I will circle the dates uh, when there's a podcast or uh, maybe a birthday. Oh. Or uh, a trip to On the Rocks. Uh, potentially, yeah. <laughs> you know? Maybe there's like, you know, when, when you're debating on getting the Chia Pet installed on your forehead. Right? Big, all the big it. days should be on the new Finning calendar for Strads. Because anybody who listens to real life knows that Strads is a big fan of calendars. Loves calendars. I, I love Like that's a one calendar, one pager too. But it's see, got this, all 12 months. That's going to say. It doesn't have the one that everyone's been giving out for all their gifts where it has 12 pages. This is one sheet. has all the dates all on one sheet. I can put that up. And I can mark in what's going on. I, I will fill this up, and I'll take a picture of it while we'll be in our house in a couple of weeks. I'll start filling in the dates, oh, and then by middle be, February, it'll be, be jammed, jammed. This, oh, I can't wait just to see how Strud's life is. Take kids right. here. Take kids <laughs> here. Take, pick up the kids. Take kids here. Yeah, it's not Go to sleep exciting. at eight o'clock. It used to be a lot more exciting <laughs> when I was playing hockey. Now it's just kind of—it's still fun in different ways, but uh, yeah, not quite as exciting anymore. <laughs> no. They're, not a pregame nap. Yeah. Uh, I oh, nap for two hours. Now yeah. it's just a Strud's, nap Strud's no used to, <laughs> Strud's used to track his napping. Oh, I was slept for an hour and a half. Had a good game. Yeah. Oh, didn't nap. Ooh, had a Did bad you game. Really do that? Of course not. Oh, yeah, you had a bear down. You had a bear. Well, you know what? As you got older, my naps got shorter. When I was younger, I could nap. Like in junior, we nap for three hours. But then you have to consider also you'd be driving all, like from Kamloops to Portland. It might be a, what, a nine, 10, 11 hour ride. And then you get in the morning, you'd be so bad because you didn't sleep well. And you just go right to practice, come back. 
You'd be in the, your bed by 11.30, sleep till 3. Shut it, her down. Just yeah. out. Like, then you'd wake up, and you'd go out and fight Jason Widmer, or not Jason, but Jason Weimer in Portland, and he'd go home, get back on the bus, drive all the way back to uh, Canvas. That was the life. And still is. For those kids, hasn't changed. Better, better cots, but that's it. Better buses. Yeah, that really it, is it? Yeah, oh, better buses. Yeah, can't change. And they get oh, better nutrition. Yeah, probably. We had uh, pizza, pizza all the time. Never, and we had no movies, so we'd sit there. And my coach Don Hay had me. Uh, I don't know if he Did had me, but I bring Louis L'Amour. I read almost every Louis L'Amour book. Who uh, is that? Some sort of like yeah. Bordeaux? Who is Louis L'Amour? Are you guys? There's a pirate on the front with a shirt <laughs> like, open. Seriously, I'm Louis L'Amour. Like you, you guys have never read a Louis L'Amour Western. No, I've never heard of it. I was born after the turn of the century, so I have no idea what a Western is. My two years in junior, there was a couple things that got me through. One was Louis Lemur books. I'm not kidding you. He has, he's probably written a hundred different books. And I'd go to the used bookstore in Canos, and they, they recognize him as a blazer. So he sent me to take it like a library. I would just buy one, I'd take it back in exchange. And there was like all these, the Sackics, all these different guys. Uh, all these different adventures, but you know, so it starts with two people, and then they spread out. The kids have kids, and then spread. It's amazing. I can't. I, am I the only person in the world that is? They're incredible books. Right now, Louis Lemoore's agents like, yes, yes, Strandrick, go no. for it, keep talking. World famous. I, I, I honestly can't believe you guys don't know Louis Lemoore. <laughs> honestly, and hey, I've, I've read a fair amount of books. My mom, my mom is literally. I'm not even making this up. Has probably read ten thousand books. I don't even joke about that. Like she reads. She's she got a like PhD, four books. Yeah, she? no, she reads all There's the time. There's a shocking factor. And uh, she has never <laughs> brought up Louis Lemoore. <laughs> ever. I can't believe it. Like, so like I've learned a lot of books from her. But uh, like the Red Book by Young, I tried to read it. I couldn't do it. The book weighs more than all three the of us. Red Book by Young. Red Book by Young. He's a, like a 1920 uh, like philosopher. A psychologist guy? Yeah. To Louis L'Amour to the Red Book by no, Young. No, I'm just saying that's the type of books yeah. that I get. I've never oh heard of Louis L'Amour. Now, Calvin and Hobbes, read. I could see you reading on no. the... Uh, oh, no, but, but I, was, I was in university at this point at the uh, University <laughs> College of the Caribou. In Cal- <laughs> I was in pre-med. No, I literally was pre-med. The college oh, you're science? I was in some Free sciences, man. some business. Free man, I was, exactly. It's true. I was. You took that a chemistry dumb. class. Yeah. Right. Well, Red book by Young over here, the greatest <laughs> Jungian philosopher, and I got a pre-med to my left. Here. It's still pre-med. If I'm taking sciences, I was on that track, That's and then true. the NHL got in the way, and I didn't go back. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But I, I, well, Louis more. I should have got you guys that for Christmas. Seriously, that I, been nice. they're I'm, such good books. I'm going to Google reads. that after this. Oh, he has he has probably millions of books sold. Unbelievable. Really? There's people right now pulling their hair. Did anyone else on your team read it? Oh yeah. My cousins, Rob Niedemeyer and Scott Niedemeyer, they read them all the time. My uncle Terry in Saskatoon. So was it like world famous within your family? Did anyone no. outside of your relatives read I, this book? Yeah, that's I, right. I, you guys, I cannot seriously believe as, as red-blooded males, you never read one of these books. It's all like, you know, the guy walks down, he's got tight jeans on, tight pants, and he <laughs> oh, so, he, so do you dress, do you dress like well, a little more? <laughs> So I stuck with that part. <laughs> no, yeah. I can't believe it. Hey, I remember Louis' tight jeans. Look at these okay. bad boys. What's happening? I'm going to go to the Wee Book Inn, and I will buy you each, because uh, that's where I get. That's where you find the best ones. I'll go there, and I'll get you each a copy of a Louis L'Amour Like, book. what age category is Louis L'Amour for? Oh, adults. I mean, obviously, 18. 18 is when I started reading it. But I, I'm not kidding you. During my time in junior in those two years, I probably read 100 Louis L'Amour books. Hmm. 100. Really? So he was kind of like a Nancy Drew? <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Well, no, like Nancy Drew you're had just, a lot of different just, books, right? Different so series. books. He's like Nancy Drew? Yeah. Jesus from the Bible? How many books do you know, Greg? Well, you're, Nancy Drew's not that old. You don't remember Nancy Drew? Books? I remember Nancy yeah, Drew. Exactly. I can't believe I it. I can't believe I've never you, heard of Blue. So he had mostly uh, Westerns, but then he did a couple other ones, like uh, I think it was Against the Breed. And it was about an, a U.S. Army guy whose uh, gets, plane got shot down in Russia. And he has to get out of Russia. This during the Cold War. So he and he was a he was I think he was a Aboriginal uh, or a, like a Native American, and he knew all these tracking. So he was able to get out, and then he walked all the way across Russia, all the way back to uh, Western Europe. But then the uh, the Russians wanted to catch him, so they hired this Siberian tracker. So they're going across the wind. It's amazing, and then they fight and they're running and coming. That's but the, most of them were, were were as I said Western, but this one I think it's against the breed or race against the breed. Unbelievable book. Walking drum, another one about a guy. This is during the ancient times. Uh, you know what, you guys? I I, I don't screw no, you I'm guys. No, I'm loving this. No, 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 I love it. I I'm love riveted. It. <laughs> I'm listening to everything you're saying. I'm curious. Who else has read Louis L'Amour? I'll be waiting to see the comment section okay, okay. of uh, people who have read wow. Louis L'Amour. 
There'll be oh. one one commenter like, as a Civil War veteran, I also <laughs> read Louis Lavore. It got me through many a night in the trenches. A guy's like, I played for the Hurricanes, Leftbridge, and uh, yeah, I read those books with Strutty too. No, honestly, and I don't remember that fight against Weaver. What? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Weaver, he was a tough guy. But anyways, uh, uh, yeah, well there you go. Well, maybe you know what you should do. I think on your new Finning calendar, you could just mark out the next book when you read it. Ah, started okay. this one. Sure. Right, started Louis Lamour, the you tracker of the Siberian they tiger. The, are they still yeah. back at the? So the no. Siberian tiger that tracks him across Russia. It's not you a could Siberian put that tra- one in. A Siberian tracker. <laughs> you know what? You guys are so annoying. What is your problem? Are you guys still hungover from Christmas? I, I'm I found a serious beer on the floor here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do have a beer. HQ. <laughs> I'm back. No, I'm, I'm not hungover from Christmas at all. Thankfully, I think no. most our family is very low key at okay. Christmas. I love it. Yeah, it's very uh, low key. We get together. Although we did, I would now a few talks I want to talk about. Here we go. When you play board games. Oh yeah. What? How would you describe your demeanor as a board game player? Cut throat. I'm really relaxed. I know you, though. Yeah, I get, get You're psychotic. I'm, here to make friends. I'm, I'm, com- here to I'm competitive, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it gets so fired up. But, and the best part, so my, my oldest nephew is uh, 20 now. Yeah. And, you know, he's 20, so he, he brought his, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Jose, to come and play. Yeah. So there's 14 of us playing. And uh, ah, it's that stupid red game. You know, you pass around. You got the buzzer beep. You got yeah. to guess names. I can't remember the name. Catchphrase. Yeah. And uh, so we're just, you know, there's seven people on a team. Every second person's on your team. And so Jose just sitting beside me, so she's not on my team. And so I'm watching her, and, and she told my uh, wife earlier, she goes, and then, oh, so do you like games? She goes, yeah. She goes, I think I'll be okay here. At home, I get a little intense, but I think, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think I'll be okay here. And so we're Gregor playing like <laughs> seven or eight uh, games, and by like the seventh one, of course, her and, and Liam end up being on the same team. So if he doesn't get the answer, I'm like, come on, Liam. How do you not know that? Oh, I was dying. I'm like. Geez, I'm not the only one who's a lunatic when we play. I love it because I'm the worst. Like, and I'm just like, I'll go in there. Okay, stay calm. No big deal. And then once the game's on, it's just like competitive juice. It's just snakes and ladders, Jason. Oh, There's no geez, need to punch your it's hand. Kind of a, it's like, it's like you're, the flaw that you don't like about yourself. I'm like, God, I could video myself. Yeah. And I'd be like, I just hate it. And I, try, right. I, I go in there and I'm like, okay, sit back, be calm. And man, the minute it comes around to me, I'm just like, all right, let's go. And then I'm guessing the answers. What are you talking about? My nephew's like 12. I'm like, what the hell do you mean? Oh, I've seen oh, it. I've worst. seen it at your games nights. Oh, and the, uh, I, and I see your up. wife. She she backs away, and I back away too. My wife is more like you. She gets so fired up and yelling out answers and screaming oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, where's the chip and dip? I just came here for some nachos. <laughs> I'm not really I've, – I've won so much in my life. I don't need to win this. Oh, jeez. You know, <laughs> you know that's uh, – okay. Uh, but it is funny. Like, certain people just uh, get right fired up in it. Oh, it's oh, great. It's funny. I'm it, laughing. I'm just like the person. You could have a whole story. Like Louis L'Amour should write a book about, dark. you know, oh, board board game personalities. Could yeah. you imagine him just breaking down the characters? Well, I, because I think it's true. Like everybody has the person in their family sure. when they play and all of a sudden the board game comes on. And I was like, man, you're kind of a lunatic. <laughs> Louis L'Amour, by the way, died in 1897. <laughs> oh, he, he, was only 16 years old. And... He has passed away. But my understanding is he did actually write some books like with the, the outline and someone who ghost wrote him to write oh. him to bring him home. Oh. It's a lot of details. I was a big fan. I'm a big fan. Well, that's too bad. Brought it down a bit there, right? Now, I I do want to – and uh, Wanya, you're not there yet, although you are an uncle, so you've purchased these. Sure. Does anybody know anyone who works at a toy manufacturer? Because I would love to talk to them. (laughs) Like, is this like some gag that they make for parents? That we're going to create a toy that the speaker is so loud that it's just deafening. Like, my son got a fire uh, engine for Christmas, right? And, of course, it has three yeah. settings. And it's on, like, you know, the loudest. It's like I'm at a nightclub. Louder than and, an actual fire engine. Oh, my God. Exactly. Like, the neighbors come running out of their house. Beckett's hitting the button on his thing. And everyone thinks there's a fire. I'm just – so you put duct tape over it. Right. Like, man, you can't muffle that thing. It's I don't know what they got in there, but that speaker – Whatever they put in those toys, that should they should use on your television because it's louder than anything I've ever heard. I don't understand it. It is crazy. I mean, those things are so loud, and, and everything, everything is on there loud. And we had a friend, uh, Hall, uh, my buddy Holly, Holly, um, for our, one of our kids' birthday, he bought us the entire band set: drums, guitar, tambourine. Friends. I'm like. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. So he brings it. Look at the great gift, and he was genuine, and he had kids, but his are a little bit younger at this point. He brings it in. I'm just looking like, are you are you serious? And I, I'm trying to be nice, you know, because it's a thoughtful gift. Within an hour, the kids are like, it is a gong show, banging and just <laughs> screaming. So slowly, every every couple of days, I would take one away. Oh, something got lost. I couldn't find the drum. I couldn't buy the cymbals because you imagine three kids banging away plus someone singing around there. So it was 
a gong show. The worst gift, the best but worst gift you can give your Oh, family. well, I, I used to kind of take pride in that as an uncle because for the longest time I thought I'd be kid-free. So it wasn't <laughs> a big deal, right? And, but in your, when you're in your, right. your, your, your mid to late 20s and so my, my nephews are all four and five, right? And you're the, you're the single yeah. uncle. So I was like their favorite uncle. I take them the, on yeah. the quad rides at the farm. I was like, Uncle Jason. So I was like, well, I got to make sure I up my uh, uncle status yeah. here to keep at the top. So I'd be buying fire engines and obviously I'd like to play with them, but I would only play with them for 45 minutes. It's not right. a big deal. And so Christmas this year, my sister buys me these trucks for Beck and each one of them has got like a 45 second soundtrack of hell on it. And I'm, she's just like, Oh, Jay, this is a little bit of payback. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, this is year one. So I believe for, you'll find that's a 12 inch subwoofer. Oh, <laughs> and, you know, and then you're just, you try not, you're right. Because as a parent, you're like, God, I got to survive here. So you try to put them down. I'm like, you can only play the fire engine downstairs, right? Right, yeah. And so that goes downstairs. But of course, that only lasts 30 seconds because then he either doesn't want to play by himself. So now he's upstairs and the fire engine's just, you know. And so I do know that if my wife's ever not getting up, just send Beckett into the fire truck and <laughs> the fire boom. Yeah, oh, there you go. So I would like if anybody knows anyone right. who is a toy manufacturer, I'm curious though, why? Why so loud? Well, I guess that in the, when you walk around the store, the kid pushes the button, it's noisy, it stands out. That I think is clever. It's because there's so many. You go, like, we go into uh, like Mastermind or Toys R Us, it is jam packed. And they all have that. You can't touch it all except for the button, you know, the button to push to make the noise. So, our kids, when they walk through every button, it's like uh, everything is getting pushed. There's, there's, they have 30 fingers between them, and they're just pushing, I think, a couple toes in there, blasting these things off. It's, it's, it's a gong show. That's actually a pretty good explanation. It would need to stand out in a Toys R Us amidst all the chaos. Yeah, but don't they just they just drown each other out at Mach 10? You can't they got to get louder and louder. Oh, it's an it's arms sad. race until next thing you know, windows <laughs> like, are shattered. Even the duct tape barely muffles it. Like, I had to graduate from just using, you know, the little you know, Christmas wrapping tape sure. to, to now duct tape. You know, and, and, of course, son, what the hell is that? It looks terrible. Because at least right, you could right. the see-through tape, he's not going to really notice. But this one, he noticed. But I'm like, dude, I'm trying to salvage myself here. So, But why are you worried about you? Why don't you just let your son enjoy the noise? Oh, no, no, no. Because I don't want him to go deaf. Wow. <laughs> like, I would think that if, if you're Jason Greger's son, going deaf might actually be a godsend. You don't have to listen to Pops anymore. And you only have to just sort of dimly make out what he's saying. <laughs> It's not that funny, Strider. Well, that, was a, that was a good one. He's, he's finally it eight funny. episodes in. We get a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I gets me about the toys at Christmas is the uh, battery consumption. I mean, every single toy that we got yesterday or uh, well, whatever, a couple of days ago on the 25th, my poor dad, we're staying at my mom and dad's house. My dad was like going through batteries like double A, single A, then the big boys, you know, the big tubes, whatever those the are D's. called. The D's. The we double needed, D's? We needed, no, well, they we don't needed, make double D's in batteries. But <laughs> if they did, guys would love them. <laughs> we needed four of those. My dad's like, who uses those? I'm like, I don't know. So we cranked it out, and there was just battery consumption oh. going like – that's that's the business to get into, the old batteries, because with kids yeah, – they're never going they'll, out. They'll never yeah, – and, and haven't ours, found a replacement yet for batteries. No, like they try, they, There was a while there where you had the rechargeables. Yeah, I right. used to have or those when I was little. Like plug-in toys. Well, I think they have re rechargeables, but even then – you know, they probably just recharge for less time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I didn't find they were that good, actually. I remember no. my wife bought me some a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, quite a few years. Let's say when they had the uh, Discman. I know hers didn't work very well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. The Discman. Did you, did you have a Discman? Yes, right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As a tot. Jeez. No, no. With a non-skip technology, and you had to run like you were carrying like a right. pizza. You were a waiter, and you had to run out. And, uh, no, Walkmans, yeah. they were the best, man, because you could walk. And yeah. That's why it was called the Walkman. It was that's unbelievable. Right. Well, what was your best Christmas gift? This year or all-time life? All, all time. Oh, GT Snow Racer, 10 years old, without a doubt. Wow. I just Still remember it vividly, living in Leduc. Got that present, blacked out, have no idea. Like, you know, could have had anything else. Didn't matter after that. And I was out literally at noon on Christmas Day, thanks, out to the hill. Because there was a hill about, I don't know, yeah. a kilometer away from our house in Leduc. Man, I think I rode that thing every day for the whole winter. I loved it. Really? The illusion of the break on a GT. Oh yeah, it was, was pointless. Funny. Like, should you be heading forty kilometers an hour down a hill? Yeah. You have a tiny little scoop with yeah. three teeth on it that will bring you to a halt. All right. Yeah, great. We're on fire today. What about yours? I've gift? had a third of a Bud Light I found on the floor. I'm in my zone. 
I was maybe seven or eight and I got a Sega Genesis, which was really exciting because my parents wouldn't let me have video games. Wow. My uncle from Toronto just slid it through the mail. No big deal. And I can remember like I was so excited. My brain chemically changed because I was going to be able to play Hang On and Safari Hunt. And it was very exciting. That wow. was a hell of a gift. That is for a seven or eight-year-old. That's pretty massive. Oh, it was gift. on the right. Yeah, it was good times. Your uncle didn't have kids. Uh, no, no, he had kids. I think he was sending it out to try to annoy my mom, kind of in a similar place. <laughs> veteran move, yeah. veteran yeah. move, especially but, from that far what away. What could I do to ruin that house? I'll send the boy a bass guitar and a, yeah. You know, actually, my my nephew got a uh, an Xbox 360 or something for Christmas. Okay. And so we were playing NHL 17. It is so hard. There's so many f- things. I, it took me probably three hours just to figure out how to pass. Well, there's there's no Strudwick off the glass and out, is well, there? You I tried. <laughs> I tried to create one, but they're like already put away in the Hall of Fame. No. <laughs> is, 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 do they have it like, can you sit in the press box and eat oh, popcorn while you're watching the game? <laughs> hey, popcorn, popcorn. <laughs> popcorn, popcorn. Hey, can, we, can we show that video of Strudwick telling Zach Stortini this story again on the catwalk at Rexall? It's so relaxing, though. It is relaxing up there, but this game is so complicated. Well, and controllers I try to, now have like 80 bucks. Oh. Yeah, yeah. there's two on each back. One's yeah. passing, one's shooting. I don't, I don't play video games against my nephews unless it's Galaga. Oh, yeah. Well, they I destroy go old school you. with them because I can crush them on that one. But anything else, they're just embarrassing. So I'm like, no, I'll go old school. No. Let's play on my terms. Games you look so my real. I'm often oh. tricked by ads on TV thinking a new movie's yes. coming out. I'm like, that looks phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see that World War II. Oh, no, that's Call of Duty. Well, he was abusing me. This guy was abusing me. He beat me like 3 nothing. And he every time he scored, he go, skills, skills. He's in grade three. I'm like, God, I love that. But, man, that bothers me. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like, I was so proud of him for chirping He's me. in grade two? He's in grade three, oh. and he just—he'd be like, "Skills, skills, Uncle Jason." Son, like, I played in the NHL. God, I will ruin you. God, I was just like, oh, I was fired up, and I was, so I just tried to run him. Then I got into fights. He beat me up in the fights. Just could not win. But uh, so it is pretty real life. Well, yeah. Well, when I was younger, it was pretty hard to win those fights. Uh, but my best, my best Christmas gift—I'll never forget. We we're at my grandma and grandpa's in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan, right by Regina, and uh, wake up, and there's a big boombox unbelievable this thing i had it for a long time i think till i was almost probably almost turned pro like i'm talking over 10 11 years and huge battery consumption same thing but this thing would rot it would blow the doors off it was i don't know if it was a loud one where my dad got it and it came out of nowhere i didn't ask for it i wasn't a kid that really put together a list but man they put it together and it was such a great gift I double wish I tape had. Double, you, you oh yeah. You make your own recordings? I was taping off the radio. No I think problem. at that time, I think 6.30 Chet, I think, was uh, was music. Greg's, you might remember that. I think it was... I, honestly, I didn't listen to much radio, but I think you're right. I yeah. think it might have been. So I was recording the very first song I recorded off there, Huey Lewis to the News, Power of Love. Oh my God, Power I have that on love. my phone. I listen to it all the time. I love that. And the funny thing is, I got, didn't quite get the whole song because you know I waited sure. too. So I thought in the radio, they played the same time the next day. So I like whatever, 7.20 the next day, I was waiting to record it and it didn't play. So I waited the next day. I waited like three, four days in a row. Then finally my dad's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, they're supposed to play Power of Love at 7.20 or whatever. He's like, uh, son, they don't play the same songs every day in the same time. I'm like, oh, well, thanks, dad. But uh, so there's a lot to learn at radio at that time. I and was like, that's the power of love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a great song. I'll oh, never forget that. Job. The power of love. Recording off the radio. Four, five, six years ago, somewhere in there, Huey Lewis came to town and played the Governor's Ball, I think it was really? called, at the Shaw. Yeah. And I went. Not on my own accord as a date of somebody. Clearly, I'm not successful enough yeah. to go to the Governor's Ball. <laughs> Huey Lewis. I was so jacked. Right. And the news were there. Yeah. And the whole thing. And he hasn't aged a day. He looks phenomenal. And he belted out Power of Love to a swooning right. audience of one. And that was me. <laughs> and everybody else is like, what to do about the hen day? I'm like, who cares? Look, Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis knows. Oh, he knows. He, he knows what to he do. He had a good career, Huey Lewis. He did. And he did a movie. Remember, he did a movie with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. They did a duets, it was called. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she can sing too, actually. That's kind of now we got off track a little bit. Why <laughs> off track? This is the podcast about nothing. I'm really. I was just trying to remember. Someone told me one time, or I think I read in like a what the f fact that like the power of love is played four times in the first five minutes of Back to the Future. Right. Like yeah. they just wanted it to be about that movie and about that song. And if you listen to it or you watch yeah. the movie, it basically is like the music video for That's the first time. Yeah. Just as a side note, I think we have to recognize uh, George Michael, who passed away. Oh, yeah. I love George Michael. Last night, I was sitting organizing. I was packing. I had George Michael playing all the whole time. You know how good looking that guy was? 
He, he, might, he was pretty mad. If, if I was gay, that'd be the guy I'd go after. Yeah, that'd be your pick. He is such a hot guy. And the way he sings, he, and his arms, one arm's holding the mic, the other one is kind of swinging like he's riding a cow or a, a bull. God, he is unreal. I watched a video of him and Elton John singing live, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. And, and George is killing. He's got that like five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Somewhat like you, but a li- just a Hello. little bit different. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, just a little bit. Oh. Man, he's a good looking guy. If I was gay, I'd tell you right now, he, he, we would have been together for sure. You think you would have had the game to pull George Michael? I think when I was in the NHL, I probably could have got it done. Really? I do. He was, he, your powers? he would have been 12 years older than me. So if, you know, if I was 25, he would have been 37. So not an unreasonable amount of difference in time. I think I had a chance. I can imagine a young Stredwick showing up at Gatwick Airport with two suitcases <laughs> right. and a, you know, a right. Rangers shirt on, looking for George Michael, holding a sign. Well, down. it probably would have worked because at that time, George, remember, he didn't want anybody to know, right? That was the thing. He's kept in the closet for the longest for time, while, yeah. right? Which yeah. yeah, you always wonder about, you know, you always have sympathy for that type. You know, you, yeah. you, you have this total different persona publicly than you are uh, inside. There's got to yeah. be a lot of turmoil in that. But yeah, he was an unbelievable artist, could sing. Uh, him, Wham, I don't even know the other guy's name in Wham. But, <sighs> Nobody uh, does. No, 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 but he was man. He had you watch. Just go and watch that YouTube of him and uh, Elton John. And he's dancing so so smooth. Fifty three years old too. That's pretty young. Too. Oh, it's young. Yeah, heart failure. So they said. Yeah, but I think he. I was reading he had some issues going up to the end. Twenty sixteen is just. I mean, it's been a tough year. I've been. Re- I saw the best comeback tweet of the year on Twitter. Someone was like. 2016 is the worst year ever. And someone was like, pretty sure 1939 to 1945 has that covered. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of celebrities died this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's but unfortunate it for them. Sure. Yeah. That's the yeah, worst year yeah. ever. No, no gosh, no. It's yeah. It's worth for people that maybe you were a fan of. Yes. That right. doesn't mean, does it impact your life at all? No, you can still listen to all Georgia songs. Right. right? But you can always yeah. go back and watch Muhammad Ali's greatest fights, which is fantastic. Right. right? So you always have good memories of those people. There's always two ways to look at it. It's, it's unfortunate, yeah. though, for anybody when you pass away that young. Like 53 is very young in the in the grand scheme of life when you consider that uh, our average age, I think, is actually going up now. So yeah. that, uh, yeah. that was pretty tough. You know, him and Bowie and uh, man, there's a lot of guys Prince. this year. Prince, yeah, Prince Leonard was unbelievable. Dylan. Prince was unbelievable. Now Leonard was what eighty though, so wow, yeah. that's where that's you're true. like fair to me. That's fair a sell. Yeah, hey, yeah. if I can get if I could get to seventy, I'd be like after that, man, pff, this is free bonus, bonus time. <laughs> I'm gonna be living right. it like it's bonus time for sure. Like honestly, get I think there should, there should be a certain time where you should automatically <laughs> get into bonus time. Yeah. This is bonus structure, whatever. Right. Go to town. It blows my mind that Keith Richards is still alive. Like, you look at George Michael, he's kept it tight. He probably took care of himself to some degree. You've got right. Keith Richards, who's like, I can't remember anything since 1954. Right. What is he like? DNA, seven, man. Eight? It's a crazy thing. Hardware versus software. Yeah, yeah. it's a crazy thing. No, George was getting pretty heavy at the end. Was he? Yeah. Listen, I, I, you know I love the man. Yeah, but well, that's clearly, why it hurts me bringing him. this up. I, yeah, I claimed him. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. Him and the other guy I would have liked was the guy from the, my best friend's wedding. You remember that show? Rupert Everett? Was, yes. Oh, he got I, some work done, though. Did you have you seen what? him? What? Yes. He no. I don't cheeks want installed. No. Very high, high God. cheekbones. Julie Roberts' best friend in my best friend's yeah. wedding. She might be the most overrated actress of all time, in my opinion. Oh, my God. Yeah, I said it. I think Julia Roberts is a little bit overrated. I, how can you even get those words out of your mouth without chewing on your own lips? Like, she is one of the most talented actresses of her generation. And the smile to boot. Best smile of her window, what, 15, 20 years of acting. Incredible smile. Yeah, I can. Yeah, my own opinion. I was just, you know what, Aaron Brockovich, I thought she was fantastic. I, I really did. But I know you had mentioned uh, Nottingham Hill. Uh, I thought Hugh Grant was much better in that movie. But I, to me, I just, Julia Roberts just never, she didn't float my boat, as they like to say. So she was not my, like, you know, if I was a lesbian, I wasn't going to date uh, Julia Roberts to go to your George uh, Michael. And as a straight guy, I wasn't going to date her. Just She just never. You can date a girl sure. as a straight guy. You don't have to sure, I know. a just, no, That was kind of weird, actually. Yeah, was, it was Why more so a joke. That that <laughs> I was interested in women. Say I was a lesbian. Uh, <laughs> I, was just, I was bringing it up. But my point is, yeah, Julia Roberts just never did it for me, ever. Like, people were raving about her. I'm like, yeah, I don't see it. I've never seen it. She's never been my type, ever. When in Notting Hill, when she looks at Hugh Grant and says, you know what, uh, I'm just a girl trying to tell a boy that I love her, that I love him. I mean, I, I melt it. I'm like, I love you too, Julia. I love you too. So you fall in love with the characters. <laughs> you fall in love with Julia Roberts' characters in the movies, not uh, her. You yeah. know, it's funny. I often thought about that because they're probably nothing like their movies. Obviously, they aren't, yeah. you know? And uh, but she, there's something about her. I don't know. You, 
Yeah, Come so on, Wanye, you're the, tie, the deciding vote. Yeah. Yay or nay, Julia Roberts. I would go yay with Julia Roberts. There we go. I, you know, I don't necessarily, she isn't my cup yeah, of tea. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I saying can, she's, I can see as ugly, a, but I was just saying she was never my, like, oh my goodness. Now, Kate Beckinsale on the other end, that's the girl where I'm just like, okay. she's coming out with Underworld on January 6th, I noticed. The uh, previews just came out. Wow. That's a movie that I will be seeing. Just try to write that on your calendar. That's the first <laughs> thing that goes on there. Underworld the spinning 2. spinning calendar? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Now, did, did, does that go in directly to Netflix or that will be actually No, it's made? in the theater, buddy. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> just Gregor in a raincoat at the opening? Like, <laughs> oh. yes. No, it's perfect. Hey, my perfect. wife's like, you can go watch that by yourself. I'm like, yeah, because I used to go to watch a movie. Because that's oh, another, yeah. people are like, oh, you can't go to a movie theater sure, by yourself. You absolutely like, can. What are you talking about? I used to love going to the movie theater by myself. I had no problem okay. with it. It's not a social activity. Yeah, like what? Because the worst is the people that sit there and talk to everybody. I'm like, yeah. dude, we're here to watch the theater. I right. agree. Zip your lips. So I never had a problem with it. Okay, Wanya, we've gone through our two people we love. Yeah. Who Who would be yours? Well, all time or present day Hollywood? Crush? Anyone? Anyone? Well, I, Natalie Portman for me. She She set the world afire as a as a younger man. She was uh, pretty amazing in Star Wars. She's pretty amazing in. Home is where the heart is, where she plays a pregnant lady down in her luck who gives birth in a Walmart. That made me look at Walmarts differently as a young guy. Maybe it's a good place to meet a lady. Uh, but Natalie Portman, <laughs> she she got a little bit uppity in her later years. She married the uh, the choreographer from Black Swan. I don't even remember Black oh, Swan. Oh, what an intense movie that yeah, was. Yeah, so now she lives in France, and she just periodically pops up and gives really? these really artsy reviews of her life. And She's kind of turning like a Gwyneth Paltrow. And Women she, giving birth in Walmart is what mm. made you feel it was a place to pick up women. Yeah. yeah what, well, you know, hey, we're going to get a six-pack of a chili <laughs> and a girlfriend. <laughs> and a girlfriend, please. Okay, we got to take a break. Yep. We are listening to a Real Life Podcast right. brought to you by Finney. Now, when we come back, well, we're going to talk some orders. We're going to talk yes. a little sports and, and some breaking news. Now, by the time you listen to this podcast, it won't yeah. be breaking, but it's breaking for us right now, and we'll talk about it next. It's 2 a.m. It's been snowing since 2 p.m. Most people are snug in their beds, dreaming of a winter wonderland. But not you. You're out there, pushing winter around, getting it out of the way, taking care of business with your reliable, efficient, and affordable cat skid steer from Finning. From just $5.36 a month with the all-business lease, heated seat included. The all-business skid steer for all seasons. Call one finning today. We are back, Real Life Podcast. I'm Jason Greger, along with Jason Strudwick, Wanye Gretz. And uh, we were just talking about Strud's uh, George Michael passing. Obviously, that's yeah. brutal. Well, speaking of uh, Natalie Portman in Star Wars, mm. Wanye. Yeah. Carrie Fisher, Great. 60 years young. Uh, she yeah. had that heart attack, unfortunately, on a plane a few days ago, and uh, she passed away. Literally, as we were taping this, we just uh, had it pop up. I know you had your computer up, but like. There was the lady, like, you know, kind of, if you make Ross Geller jokes, like, how many guys were like, oh, my goodness, like, in the 80s, Princess Leia, like, and, and the thing was, guys had a huge crush on her, and she was really, like, a strong, powerful woman. You talk to a lot of women, like, Princess Leia, like, she was all that for both sexes, men and women. Guys had crushes on her, you're like, oh, yeah, she's tough, and the women were like, wow, you know, woman power with, uh, with that character. There's no doubt. I think the one scene, though, that sticks out of me is when she is uh, on a chain oh, by yeah, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> is it Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. Yes. And he's kind of bullying her. And you can tell she's kind of feisty and will give up. But that outfit she's wearing, I mean, I, that was one of the first times I fell in love with women. I was pretty young at that time. The first there's, time I saw it. There's a lady in a gold bikini chained to a giant space slug. Yeah. Me is a lady in Walmart popping <laughs> on a kid and camping. You know, it's funny what activates a man's love. <laughs> Jabba, yeah, Jabba that wasn't my favorite, but she, yeah, she was, you know what, she was such a big part of those films, and oh, amazing and talented, um, you know, and then even I think you forget, but she was in Blues Brothers, where she was one of the, uh, one of the guy's uh, girlfriends, burned girlfriends, I believe, uh, or burned girlfriends, and she was chasing around, remember he was trying to shoot him and all that stuff, and she was so good, she, she had such a, she was beautiful, but she was so, her face was so strong, and I loved that about her, like I, I the characters I think of are always, like you say, Nice, but very strong-willed, because both those she for sure was. Yeah, so it's, that's for Star Wars people. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a yeah, huge shed loss. a tear. Super sad, right? I mean, I remember going to see uh, not the latest Star Wars that came out, but the one before that with my boy Mandizi, and we're both big Star Wars fans, and he's got every pair of Star Wars vans ever issued and some sort of mental imbalance. But we went there, and <laughs> the scene where Han Solo and Princess Leia see each other again, right, and they hug. We hugged in the audience because it was such an emotional moment, right? Like, it's really cool to see that your your characters come back together, you know, years later on, and. Uh, I think I think Princess Leia was only nineteen. I think Carrie Fisher's only nineteen when she did the original first yeah. Star Wars, and that's an incredible career, right? To span and come back in your late fifties and go back and revisit that. And Han Solo's like, I think Harrison Ford's like seventy years old. Oh, oh yes, yeah, he's much Loved much him. older. Yeah. Love that guy. Did you see Rogue One yet? I did, of course. I was there on opening night, midnight. And uh, out of uh, five kernels of popcorn, what would you rank it? Oh, I'd give it a five, absolutely. Okay. I think they've done a really good job of understanding the Star Wars world. And, and, you know, Disney, with the resources that it has at their disposal, they could ruin it or they could sort of bring it back. And I think they've done a really good job of bringing back the Star Wars world. There's no Star Wars characters really in that movie in the central role. Right. I mean, you see a couple guys for a few seconds, but uh, it was really well done. Huh. Right, I'll have to check it out. Now, let's get to a little hockey talk. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the orders will be back on the ice. The NHL is uh, back playing on Tuesday. There's orders don't play until Thursday, but uh, you know we have some. Uh, we can talk about the NHL overall. But I want to get your thoughts quickly on uh, Pulleyarvi. Is 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 he got to go down to the minors now? Like having the kid play five, six minutes, seven minutes a night, sit in the press box every second game. It's better off, and I don't think he's ruined. People were writing off Drysaddle ridiculously a few years yeah. ago. Same boat. Let Pulleyarvi go to the minors. The best advantage you have is if he lights it up, you can always bring him back up. Mm. I think that, you know, there's a learning process. When you go in the NHL, everything's so new. And, you know, it's, we can talk about the language barrier. We can talk about he's just a young man. But it's such a different lifestyle. It's unlike any league you've ever been in. You know, he, he played in a good league there in Finland. But, you know, you're playing against men. Um, a lot of these the guys on the team already have families established. You're by yourself. The guys are stronger. Uh, the traveling, um, the practice habits, the way coaches treat you. like Everything is just – it's the best league in the world. So there's so many adjustments to make. And I think up to this point, um, the orders having him here has made a lot of sense because he's learning all these lessons and he can learn on the fly and he'll learn it by himself. You can jam it in their heads, but you can learn on the fly and he'll learn by himself saying, hey, this is, I've got to do this better. I got to do this better. I can prepare like this or this is what it's like to play three and four. So he's had a lot of learning experience. Now I think it's at the point where he has to keep growing his game. And I don't I think at all he's stalled out. I don't think that there's any issues with him. But I think he has to go somewhere where he can play and play significant minutes uh, in, in a lot of different roles. I'd like to see him go down to Bakersfield, and he'd be an elite talent down there. Make no mistake about that. But I'd like to see him go down there, definitely get set up in that Ovechkin spot in the power play, a shooting position. I'd like to see him kill penalties. I'd like to see him get a chance to close out games with a minute to go. Um, all these types of things, you know, give him the tough matchups, so match him up against other teams, top players. So he learns to play bowl or not even learns, but just continues to refine that skill set. So, but now it's the time. Now it's the time for playing five or six minutes in the NHL is enough. Go down there, let him play, uh, let him make some friends down there and kind of, kind of get ready for his next step. I don't know. Wani, what do you think about it? Well, do, do you, as a guy whose hockey career consisted of watching somebody play NHL 14 once in a bus stop, <laughs> do you think it actually has a big impact on your confidence when you, you're in the NHL and you're not playing every night? Or is it more of a case of, you know, you're happy to be here and the learning curve is going to occur? Like, is it really costing him that much? I, I really feel that to improve at anything, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. You can't just... I mean, pr practicing, but this year with this condensed schedule, it's hard to get real practice time in. You have to actually perform it. You actually have to be a part of what you're doing. You have to actually be moving and, and put in those situations to, to shoot those sh shots. Like, I, I would hope and expect that um, he's understanding that, you know, and the getting stronger part in season, like, that's such a cliche. Coaches always say it. we got to get stronger in season. Yeah, you can to a point, but you're barely holding on to what you have. You're barely holding on to that strength. Those gains are really made in the offseason, but he can work on his skill set and picking up pucks in different areas and difficult areas. That you can do. So, yes, without actually performing, you're not going to either hang on to the skills you have and or, more importantly, improve on it. Sure. A good buddy of mine played uh, down in the A during the lockout of 04, and he says, he's like, it's one of the best years of my life. Yeah. I didn't have nearly the pressure on me. Right. I think he was 19 or 20 at the time, so he was still in his first contract. And he said, you know, going down for me was great. You know, whereas other people who know that they might take it as a huge slight as uh, having been demoted or something like that. But 
I wonder about two contract management, right? In the in the cap era that we're living in, where you have to have good entry level contracts on the mm-hmm. books, and you need to have guys who are playing well for cheap. You know, they you mentioned Drysaitel earlier, Gregor. People writing him off. Good God, you can't write off a guy in his first three years of his career for crying out loud. But you know, did the Oilers? Are they going to have, you know, they're certainly going to come up against a cap ceiling when Connor McDavid signs for $4 billion over two years and they burned a year of the dry side of the entry level contract. Are they doing the same now with Pooley Arby? Is that a mistake just from an asset management point of view? Well, you could look at it two ways. Uh, yes and no. Because if he wasn't NHL ready, if he was playing the American League, it, it uh, the only way it would have uh, not carried over is if he would have went down, uh, you know, the 40 games on the roster. Right. Right. So now they could still send him down before 40 games in the roster and uh, and it wouldn't matter. Okay, so right. it's forty games into yeah. your year. You can go no, back down but it, and but it's, burn a year. It's forty on the ro- on the active no. roster, not I games see. played. I see. So no. the orders have now played thirty six games. Sure. He's been on the active roster for all thirty six. So he has four games left on the active roster whenever that is. So now they could send him down. They could bring him back up for the final the two games of the regular season if they like. And then it and that would not burn that, a year of his entry level contract. Uh, no, it would still burn the entry oh. level, but it wouldn't burn a year of the free agency. Yeah. Same as dry settle. So dry settle see. technically would be in order for seven and a half years before he's unrestricted free agent. I so the, the entry level deal thing, yes and no, it can uh, make a factor. I think there's a lot of people that, that punch that up a lot more than anything. Because look at Chicago; they still got the two highest paid contracts in the league, and they're in first place. But they've been shedding yeah. guys left and right every off season. For yeah, but but not their core players. Yeah, yeah. right. When you have the best players. You win. Yeah, see, Greg, I'm with you. I think that that's way too much is made of that. I, I, I agree. I know you have to manage your, con- your, your, your salary cap and all that. I think that's really important. But I want to put my players in the best position to improve. At the end of the day, if, yes. if, I, I, hope, I hope every year for the next five years, the Oilers have cap trouble. That means that they've, they've, they've continued to have guys come up and have success and guys pushing from underneath. Then you're right. You do have to trade guys off, but it's way better than where the team has been in the past. Yeah. Where you look at a team like Carolina or do you think like Arizona, These I know they're not trying to get the cap, but they're not having cap problems because they don't have a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. You want to have guys. <laughs> exactly. I think it's a good problem to have, assuming there's no really bad contracts on, on the table. Yeah, but and, and every team – has a bad contract. Every team. Yeah. Every team does. Right? It's it's not uh, this, well, look at those championship teams. They had Brian Bickle, who, you know, right. who was it? Performing, you know, some people would argue that Jonathan Taves for what he does. Hosa contract too. Right. Well, the ho- no, Hosa's a great deal. Hosa's bad only if he uh, retires early, right? right? right. Then there'll be some uh, some uh, backlash on it. But to me, I look at it, every team's going to have, no GM's going to have every contract pan out. Like, it's so ludicrous to rip on it. You know, Lucic yeah. in four years, yeah, it might look really bad. There's there's no debate in that. But you know what? You also could trade them off in three years to some other team at the low end of the payroll. Right. And by then, it won't it won't impact you, right? Every, we've seen teams get out of contracts. No one thought they could ever get and out if of it. Prevent, if Lucic prevents Connor McDavid from getting crumbled yeah. into the boards by some clown in Philadelphia, because yeah. you're going to think about Lucic coming and beating him to a pulp, he's got some secondary value there that isn't necessarily yeah. tied up in his own So stats. to me, Pulley Arvey, it's all about his development, his contract right. status is whatever. And uh, to me, they just got to get him playing. I would be sending him down. Uh, right away i do want to talk about the biggest surprise of the first half without a doubt it's not even close the columbus blue jackets uh, <laughs> samwise gagne is uh, lighting it up for them their power wow. play is off the charts Bobrovsky's playing great Lorensky comes in as a rookie like there's a team that last year everybody thought would be good and they weren't and now this year not anybody gave any hope and they have been without a doubt the Unreal. best team in the in the nhl now for the last uh whatever 28 25 games and it doesn't look like they're gonna really stall out because they're not relying on one guy i have to apologize to uh their coach you know that i i tortorella i said he was done he should have been done well before um you know you hear the way he's been talking about uh, the no morning skates he doesn't believe in morning skates he doesn't even want the guys to come to the rink he wants guys to have relax and be fresh all the time easier to say when you're getting the results if they were losing it might be a little bit different situation but he is getting results so what he's doing is working but I, I've, I've, I've watched a few of the Columbus games, and there's a lot of players on that team I really like. I, I like Dubinsky a lot. I, I thought the Oilers would be nice to pick him up. I like uh, Boone Jenner, although he's not putting up a lot of offensive numbers. Seth Jones, uh, finding a rhythm. Uh, Ryan Murray seems to have a spot in there. You touched on the young guy, uh, Rarenk, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Wierenski's Wierenski. playing great. Wenberg on the power play. Scott Hartnell's being reborn there. Well, he just had a hat trick before yeah. Christmas. I mean, it's it's they have a lot of guys who are really living up to their potential. Felino's back to where he was. Well, yeah, I think, because he had a tough year last Sam year. Sam Gagne is bringing the heat, which I just lost. Uh, well, there's a guy who was, who was desperate to keep his career going right. and was given an opportunity opportunity the coach told him exactly this is how i'm going to use you you're going to play the wing you're not going to play center and you're likely going to be on our third or fourth line Mm -hmm. and then you're going to be on the power play 
yeah. all right, give me an opportunity, coach. And you know what? Now the key will be uh, for, for him and any other team that signs him is that you could pay Sam Gagne more money and right. then play more minutes. But some guys just aren't yeah. able to handle more minutes. I think it's that's why I hate the points per 60 stat that people always want to trump out. Some guys can be good at 12 minutes. If they play 18 minutes, yeah. they're not going to be as productive. Mm -hmm. it, very few guys are productive at 18 minutes. It is so true. It is it is really interesting because you, you, you look at what he's playing against. Now, on the power play, he's playing against the top killers because he's on the top unit. But when you're playing your regular minutes, it's a big difference going against the first, second, or third pairing, or first, second sentiment, or third sentiment. I mean, with with all due and respect, just fatigue, and because he's not a great a skater, right? right? So, and and I think people think, well, they shouldn't be fatigued. They're every you can be the top end athlete, right? And you're always going to have a little bit of a dip at the last yeah. 15 seconds of your shift. Well, then suddenly, if you're not a great skater, now you're not at 100 on a shift. You go up against this guy, he blows by you, suddenly you're minus. And, and you see that more and more because certain guys like McDavid's speed is going to allow him to play a ton of minutes. Yeah. Because even if he still goes to 90%, he's still faster than everyone else. Okay, well, let's let's get the question out there. Are the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, just before the end of the year, are they a Stanley Cup favorite, in your opinion? No, they're not a favorite to me. They, they, they don't have enough experience. How in the far do you season? go down before you say, like, I have them slotted where? Like, I would probably say, like, I, I would have Columbus likely like you know in that five to ten range. Yeah. Competitive teams because Chicago well, still. Yeah. You've got you got Pittsburgh obviously is the defending yeah. champs. Uh, I, I still you know San Jose obviously in the in the West you know Columbus is in the East and, and it's pretty tough division right now. But I would take Columbus actually ahead of the Rangers even though the Rangers have more experience. I think the Clu the New York Rangers uh, won a little bit with smoke and mirrors. I don't love their defense. It's not nearly as mm -hmm. mobile as you have to be in today's NHL. Yeah. And I think Columbus, the problem is if Columbus gets up against Pittsburgh in a playoff series, you know, that's going to, no, I'm not saying they can't yeah. beat them, but right now today right. I would still lean for Where's Pittsburgh. Washington in your list there? The Caps are kind of an anomaly to me. I, you know what? The, the Caps are a team that, that are kind of, they're playing fine. Like they've, they've still mm -hmm. got what they're in the top. I think they're eighth overall in the NHL and they're like four points mm -hmm. out of first. So it's not like they're yeah. struggling by yeah. any stretch, but, and that might be good for that team. I look at the Capitals. I agree. And they, to me, are like that team of San Jose where, you know, what, they'll make a deadline acquisition. They've got a good goaltending. They've got a lot of skill. There's no doubt about it. And they're still a team that, like, their star power, my one thing about Columbus, when you get into the playoffs, man, you st do they have a game breaker at different times? Because everything can be evened out. And then, like, Pittsburgh, they had, they had Kessel as yeah. a game breaker on one line, Crosby right. on another line. And I'm just not sure if Columbus has that just yet. Might be their goalie. Well, yeah, that, might, that might be it. They'd have to, he'd have to steal some games. Mm -hmm. but, but I'm with you. I, I just can't right now. I can't sit here and say, yeah, Columbus is in my top. I, I still i am waiting for Anaheim to get there. I know every year they've been – they're kind of the new San Jose Sharks. You know, the Sharks that for so many years. I think Anaheim's a team that can make it. Philly, I think Philly's got an opportunity out there. I like the way Philly plays. Um, See, Washington, I, don't, I don't like Philly's defense at all. We don't like the, the youth, some of the youth in no, there. I, no, I like, I, I think Pearl Roth's going to be a stud. Uh, I like them in the future. I don't right. like them this year to be a playoff dominant team. It'd but be like saying the orders. I don't think the orders are going to be a, 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 no. a, 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 they'll make the playoffs. But do I think the Edmonton yeah. orders are going to be a dominant team with McDavid? No, but in a few years, I will. I yeah. think they will be, but not right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, and I think that's going to be a good time of life when they're dominant. There's no doubt Connor's made a big, a big change. There's no doubt. But I, I look at the D. I think there's more depth back there. Oh, and, he, and they're no weathering Darnell Nurse right now. And Brandon Davison, I still think he's a guy who doesn't get enough respect, and he has been hurt a lot. If they can get that guy rolling into the end of the season, I think he can play. He no, can play a big role. In a few, like you get Clefbaum and Nurse and Davidson yeah. and Larson, just some more games. That's when yeah. they're going to be better. It's just, and health. Yeah, and just more games than anything else. Speaking of health, how do you feel for Pitlick? My goodness, oh, poor you know what? kid. I watched that. Well, I was watching it live, and I watched it multiple times trying to figure out what happened. You know, because he went off, and obviously it was his leg. But I'm like, how did that happen? And I, I feel terrible for him. And it. It is so hard to establish an NHL career when you're hurt all the time. And, you know, you can, I, you know, I've heard people say, oh, he's training incorrectly. He should do yoga. Some people are just wired He busted like his that. spleen. I mean, there's no yoga in the world that's going to straighten his spleen out. Some people are just wired it like they just get oh, injured. DNA, man. And it's just unlucky. It's just, it is just, uh, so, you know, I think he's an NHL player. I, I, I've thought that since the first training camp I saw him in. Um, but you know this this will change again. You know he was probably thinking he's getting nice. The, the difference is now when Pitlick comes to training camp next year, I think he'll still be as fired up. But the coach will have much more faith in him. Like yeah. Todd McClellan admitted, hey, I made a mistake by uh, sitting him out right. because I realized with Pitlick this year, 
And it's the biggest compliment a coach can give one of your bottom six yeah. forwards. He goes, I knew exactly what I was getting from him, and it was a mistake. And a coach is going to make mistakes. That's fine. Yeah. It didn't crush their team. right? And just if he would have stayed in and played those three games, I'm not saying they would have won anyway. But the uh, that it'll give him an opportunity now. So Because eight goals in, in 10 minutes a night in, 30, yeah. in 29 games, it's really yeah. hard to do that again. Let's oh, if, be, he, let's if he be closed honest. out the year, he probably would have gotten a nice deal, right? That was and that's what I think changes. I think his deal, the, the nature of his deal changes. See, there, I still no think doubt. he's going to get a one-year deal. I just don't know if he'll – I think he'll get a one-year deal, but I think he'll get one-way money instead of two-way Th- That's huge, time. the one-way. I love what you just said, though. I, I know we got to go, but when you said the coach wants to know what I can get, I think with the Oilers, there's – there's now more than three or four players. You know what you're going to get. For many years, I felt the only guy you really knew was Sean Horkoff. You knew exactly what you're going to get all night. Whether you liked him or not, that's what it was. Now I look back there, Larson, most of the time, you know what you're going to get. Secretary, you know what you're going to get. Town Cam Talbot, you can know what you're going to get. McDavid, I don't have to say it. Leon, he's starting to do it every night just like that. And you, can, you start predicting. So when you're on the bench, you're looking around as a coach, like, okay, this is a situation. Let's put this guy out. I know what I'm getting. For years, it wasn't like that. No. That's the biggest change for me is, is the coaches are confident in those players. They get confident. More guys underneath will do it. And I think the Oilers are trending in the right direction. And, you know, I think you're right. They do make the playoffs. I was wrong to start the season. Excitement, she wrote. Yeah, well, Lou Lidmore. Yeah, Louis Lamore. Let's uh, end with that. Yeah, let's go. Louis Lamore. We will uh, all do our best to uh, find him on the thing called Google. Right. And uh, see if these books are actually real. Yeah. And before we shut her down, boys, Merry Christmas. All the best to you both and your families in the new year. All of our listeners, all the best to them in the new year as well. Let's hope 2017 is the year we do see playoffs here in Edmonton in our new barn. And look for me, naked, being arrested at the first intermission of the first playoff game because I'm out of practice for playoff drinking and don't know how to live. Sums it up rather Gross. well. Gross. On behalf of Struds, Wanye, <laughs> Gregor, that's Real Life brought to you by Finn. Catch us next week. <laughs>
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.